Chapter 6 of A History of Astronomy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. A History of Astronomy by Walter W. Bryant. Chapter 6 Kepler Galileo. Johann Kepler the real founder of modern astronomy after instruction under meistlin one of the first teachers to adopt the opinions of copernicus secured the appointment of mathematician at gratz in styria and obtained the notice of tycho brahe by dissertations on celestial orbits his position at gratz becoming untenable on account of his religious opinions which were of the school of the reformers he ultimately came to join Tycho at Prague, and though a Copernican, in spite of the Dane's arguments in favour of his own system, was entrusted with the reduction of Tycho's observations of Mars, and soon afterwards came into practical possession of the whole collection of observations by the owner's death. He was obviously the man to be entrusted by the Emperor with the preparation of the Rudolphine Tables, founded on Tycho's observations. For twenty years he laboured on them, at first under the ancient fixed idea of circular motion, which, however, he was finally compelled to abandon in favour of a new law, henceforward to be known as Kepler's first law of motion, to the effect that every planet moves in an ellipse, of which the sun occupies one focus. As it was soon obvious that this motion was not uniform, as the ancients understood the term, he was led to the discovery of his second law, that the area swept out by the radius vector from the planet to the sun was proportional to the time. It seems a very fortunate circumstance that he should have set to work first on Mars, as, of all the planets then known, Mars has the orbit most widely differing from a circle, so that he may be said to have started on the most favourable case. How much longer it would have taken him if he had started with Jupiter, for instance, or whether he would have succeeded at all, is, of course, idle speculation. We can only rejoice that at least that difficulty was spared him. So far the work, though long, was fairly straightforward, he computed seven oppositions of Mars before abandoning the idea of circular motion, but he desired, more than all, to find some relation between the motions of different planets, and for years he sought it vainly, until it occurred to him to try different powers of the times and distances, and then he arrived at his third law, that the square of the periodic time of any planet is proportional to the cube of the mean distance. This as well as his other laws, he verified for all known planets and for the moon, and they have since been proved to hold for all planets and satellites. The first result of these brilliant discoveries was to ensure for the Rudolphine tables an accuracy far exceeding that of any previous ones. He did not apply his theory to comets, being imbued with a preconceived notion that they never returned, inasmuch as, according to his idea, the tail of the comet was evidence that the sun was driving the body of the comet particle by particle away, and thus dissipating its substance forever. 
he pointed out the great utility of eclipses for determining the differences of longitude and the extension of this method to occultations of stars by the moon is still in use in searching for the physical causes underlying his laws he came very near the truth for he discovered that attraction between two bodies was mutual and proportional to the mass and varied with the distance but the law of variation escaped him as he assumed it to be simply as the inverse distance instead of the inverse square of the distance he suffered all through his career from want of money his stipend was very irregularly paid and he lost much time in trying to collect it the strain on his mind and the continual journeys which this unfortunate state of affairs involved contributed to shorten his life he died in sixteen thirty one in his sixtieth year contemporary with him and of undying fame in yet another branch of astronomy was galileo galilei more commonly known by his first name born at florence in fifteen sixty four and educated at venice and pisa he became a professor at padua after a brief and meagre appointment at pisa until induced by cosimo de medici cosimo the second to remove to florence his discoveries in mechanics were of far-reaching importance by experiments carried out at the celebrated leaning tower of pisa he established the law of acceleration of falling bodies and by observation of a swinging lamp during some long cathedral sermon he was led to the principle of the isochronism of the vibrations of a common pendulum that is that a pendulum of a given length has its time of swing independent of the extent of swing a principle which rendered immense service to astronomy by making accurate clock driving possible but he is chiefly celebrated for reasons of a totally different kind the combination of a convex and a concave lens to magnify distant objects had been accidentally discovered in holland and galileo heard of it and at once set to work to try his hand with lenses in a leaden tube he soon constructed a telescope which magnified thirty-two times and turning it towards the moon discovered the irregularity of its surface turning next to the planets he discovered that venus exhibited phases similar to those of the moon just as copernicus had predicted would be the case according to his system by which venus revolved around the sun that jupiter was accompanied by four moons moving round the great planet just as our moon does around the earth which in compliment to cosmo he named the medician stars and that saturn at times appeared like three stars joined together and at other times only one he also was the first to record spots on the sun and to deduce its time of rotation from their motion these discoveries marvellous as they must have appeared were of course a necessary consequence of the invention of the telescope which was not due to galileo although his particular form of telescope was worked out by himself the discoveries themselves were claimed for other observers or denied altogether and at the time the principal result of his powerful analysis and deduction from his observations which should have gone far to destroy the authority of ptolemy and aristotle 
was to raise up such a storm of opposition from the schoolmen and especially from the church of rome that he was obliged first to publish his system as a mere hypothesis and subsequently to abjure much of it including the motion of the earth he was the first to suggest eclipses of jupiter's satellites as a means for determining differences of longitude the difference between the local time at two different stations of an instantaneous phenomenon visible at both being of course the difference of longitude he also discovered the libration of the moon by which according to its position in its orbit we sometimes see a little way round the corner so to speak in different parts of the moon's apparent edge the sentences passed against him by the inquisition on account of his so-called heretical opinions as to the motion of the earth and the similarity to it of the other planets which aristotle had maintained to be divine and incorruptible essences were not strictly enforced he was imprisoned but his patron procured his release on condition of perpetual exile from florence he unfortunately became blind before his tables of jupiter's satellites were completed and died a few years later in sixteen forty two meanwhile a great invention saw the light in scotland in sixteen fourteen when lord napier of merchiston invented logarithms in reference to which laplace says quote, an admirable artifice which by reducing to a few days the labour of many months doubles the life of the astronomer and spares him the errors and disgust inseparable from long calculations it is indeed difficult to conceive how accurate astronomy could possibly have advanced with any speed without this invention but we must pass over many well-known names with the barest reference bayer introduced the method of naming stars by means of the greek alphabet in the different constellations shiner made series of observations of sunspots horrocks and his friend crabtree were the first to observe a transit of venus in sixteen thirty nine and they would probably have done good work for astronomy had not both died very young gassendi observed a transit of mercury in sixteen thirty one riccioli did good service as a collector and publisher of the work of others assisted by grimaldi who mapped the moon and gave many of the names now familiar to astronomers to its principal features the last and probably the most accurate of observers without telescopic sights was hevelius of danzig sixteen eleven to sixteen eighty seven celebrated for his careful drawings of different phases of the moon and for the tenacity with which he clung to his old instruments refusing to adopt the improved telescopic method which was urged upon him by halley during a visit and thus greatly impairing the value of his observations huygens sixteen twenty nine to sixteen ninety five first adapted the pendulum to clocks and improved telescopes so much that he was able to discover the fact that the curious appearance noticed by galileo in regard to saturn was caused by a flat bright band surrounding the planet and known as saturn's ring the adoption of the telescope in conjunction with the quadrant was after more or less tentative use by others definitely inaugurated by picard in sixteen sixty seven 
and about the same time micrometers of different sorts were invented by Gascoigne and others. Picard introduced the method of determining the right ascensions of stars by observation on the meridian, a method soon greatly improved in accuracy by his pupil Römer, who invented the transit instrument, and is also famous as the discoverer from the apparent irregularity of the eclipses of Jupiter's satellites that light does not travel instantaneously. Science, at the same epoch, received a great impetus in many ways, the short space of fifteen years seeing the foundation of the observatories of Paris and Greenwich, and of the English Royal Society and the French Academy of Sciences, the Italian Academy of the Lynx-Eyed, Dei Lynchii, being half a century older. Dominic Cassini, the first director of the Paris Observatory, though not connected with any of the epoch-making improvements of his time, made several interesting observations. He discovered the well-known division in Saturn's ring that bears his name, and four satellites of that planet, in addition to one discovered by Huygens. He measured the rotation of Jupiter and Mars, constructed very accurate tables of Jupiter's satellites, and the first calculated tables of refraction, observed the zodiacal light, and made a near approximation to the solar parallax, while he also produced a complete theory of the moon's libration. The real revolution in astronomical science, however, as Delambre points out, was wrought not by observations like these, but by the heresy of Copernicus, the laws of Kepler, the pendulum, the micrometer, the sector and mural circle, and the transit instrument. These heralded the rising of the immortal genius of Newton, the rapid improvement in the accuracy of observations, paving the way for the testing of the great theory, which without them might have languished in obscurity, if not in discredit. End of chapter 6